Okay, hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Dynalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Dan and as always I'm joined by Natalie and we're here to talk about all the happenings of, yep, you guessed it, fantasy football. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Denalysis if you want to have a little chit chat. But let's get right into the footballing goodness. First up, Natalie, how has your team done this week, eh? Do you reckon we do have ladies actually listening to this podcast? I feel like we have one female. Why did I just say that? That female. was like the most incel thing ever. Yeah. No, female. Oh, you never watched. Did you watch Friday Night Dinner? Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he always females. has females, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, that that is it. That is what I'm saying. Um, so we do have one lady in our in our analysis league, which you can join, by the way. Mm, <laughs> so if you want to join that, oh, the code is still our pin tweet because I still haven't got rid of it. That's what and I'm talking about. It's also in the description of this episode. Oh, yeah. I think I forgot to do that last week. No, you didn't. It's totally there. We could change it. Okay. Pretend it was always there. Um, okay. Yeah. So how did your team do? Uh, well, I've still got two to go. I've still got Mendy and Aguero to go. Um, if any of the, if either of those don't play, I'm getting all of my bench in. Hmm. My bench currently at a whopping one point. That's good. Uh, I mean, it's better than none points. Exactly. <laughs> it's better than my bench. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, uh, 60 at the moment, which last night looked really good. Today looks... Less good. So you're still on 60? Yes. And you were I on it yesterday? two players playing... No, I had... Yeah, I had two players playing today. One of them Hazard, I guess? I had one player playing today? Who was it? Oh, Ben Mee. Yes. He's on your bench. Who's in for Robertson. Yeah. Oh, so I had two. Yeah, so I had two... Because I had me come playing today in for Robertson. And I have... Knockout coming in for Hazard. <laughs> so that's, yeah, a strong effort, I guess. I would be better off if I'd put one Bissaka first on my bench. That's yep. the situation. Yep. But who's, um, who's done well for you so far? I guess you have Salah captain? Yeah, Salah captain, Fraser, um, and Foster with a whopping nine points. Who saw that coming? Oh, absolutely. What a banger. Um, and Dunk with his five as well. They've pretty much carried carried the team, those four. Yeah. Yeah. And you've made, you've made no transfers for the last Oh, yeah. This is my weeks? second week second week without transfers. Uh, coming to bite me now. I'm going to make both two this week. We'll find out who later yeah, in the show. I'm very interested to know who. Um, Daniel, tell me about your week. Well, it's not quite <laughs> over yet. Because I've still... Well, it is actually over yet. Um, but I'm awaiting some points from the bench. Uh, mm. Yeah, so Aubameyang's kind of done as usual and saved my week a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say it was bad. I think I was on 47 last night. I'm up to 57 now. And I have one player left to play, and that's Laporte. Can you tell us how many players you will actually have who have played yes. in your team by the end of the game week? Well, that's where I was going to go next. Because for the second time this season... I've uh, managed to only field nine players in my entire squad. It is so, quite impressive that you are managing to do that. Um, and and not still score horribly. Yeah, and still manage to score average points in these game weeks, yet no one is playing. That's the amazing thing. Like That has been the story of this season for me. 
I've actually done really well, but in really underwhelming ways, mm. if you get me. Like, I've been really consistent, but it's never been... I've never had, like, a massive score. But I've got around about, like, 50, 60, sometimes 70 points every week. So I'm doing something right, at least. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that Laporte does well, because my transfers this week were... Uh, I brought David Silva out for Meza Ozil, who... Got two points today, and he obviously plays tomorrow if he starts. And what was the other one? It was Joe Gomez in for Matt Doherty, mm. and I just about survived that one. Yeah, that I think that's that's kind of fine, and that yeah. wasn't a, like a one week thing. That was a like a, a yeah it was longer l- term situation. Exactly because I, I think Doherty that might kind of. People might think that's a bit of a weird move considering how well he's been doing, but I just looked at his next sort of three fixtures and I thought, I'm going to get rid of him. I'm going to bank that money. I'm going to get Joe Gomez. I know he plays Arsenal next, but I feel like he is one of the most nailed Liverpool defenders alongside Robertson in the games that... that I don't want to say the games that matter, but I think one of the reasons both of those missed out against Cardiff was because... Klopp probably thought this was a an ideal time to rotate, considering the quality of the opposition. Um, but yeah, like that's one I'm I'm kind of looking at for the next sort of three to four weeks, maybe longer. Uh, but yeah, that was part of what contributed to me only having nine total players. The other players that missed out being uh, Hazard. Uh, did I say Robertson already? Hudson no, Odoi is still on the bench. He needs Hudson no Odoi. <laughs> He's down to four point two now as well. He needs to go. He needs to. I just need to actually have enough money to bring in someone I want for him. It's it's becoming a saga. I think I'm probably gonna get rid of him on my next wild card and it's I gonna can't... be <laughs> Oh my god. It's gonna be a thing. But yeah, so I'm on um I think my total score at the moment, including bonus points, uh, I think Aubameyang's on for two. And I've got three points coming off the bench, and that's Jimenez uh, with two points, I think, and some other... Oh, one Bissaka with one point. So that takes me to 62, a grand 62 with one left to play and only nine players. So, yeah, fun times, really. But let's get into the the this week football. Oh, yeah, apologies to anyone listening to this who hears fireworks. The people in my neighbourhood have gone absolutely crazy for it, so... You might hear a few of those throughout the recording. Uh, okay, so Robertson, the 6.4 legend who was dropped to the bench this week and the Liverpool defence. That's our first talking point. Um, Natalie, what are your, your feels regarding this particular? Um, it was a bit annoying yesterday, but actually I think everything is fine. Um, I assume this was just a rotation situation where Robertson has played every Premier League so far. Rotation situation. Oh, we got ourselves a title. (laughs) Yeah, he's played every Premier League game so far this season and Champions League either side now as well. I assume he just wanted a little sit down and that's what he was granted. Yeah, so that kind of ties in with what I was saying a minute ago. I Like, I thought that Joe Gomez, uh, alongside Van Dyke, of course, and ugh, fireworks, uh, alongside Van Dyke and Allison um, and, and Robertson, I think they're the most, like, 
nailed on starters in this team. Uh, Gomez, because he can play centrally or in the, the right back spot. But yeah, I think it's essentially one of those where Klopp looked at this game and he was like, well, I'm not going to have too many better opportunities to rotate my squad and still be able to get a win in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, And especially if you look at the way that Robertson plays, like he just runs constantly. So it does make a lot of sense to give him a little rest. I think it's Carabao Cup this week in the the midweek, right? Okay, so everyone has Carabao this week. Yeah. Everyone Um, who's still in, obviously. Yeah, everyone who's in it. So, yeah, I think it's one of those where this is probably one of the best opportunities they're going to get. Like, he probably won't play the Carabao Cup game as well. And he'll Who be... are they playing in the Carabao? Uh, oh, wait, they're not They're not in it. They got knocked out by Chelsea, didn't they? I've no idea, Dan. Because they played Chelsea two times in a week and Hazard scored that wonder goal. Yeah, so they're not in it. So that's fine. Liverpool have a week off. Okay, um, lovely. Good times for them. So... Mm. Yeah, obviously they play Arsenal away at the Emirates next week. And that's the sort of game you're going to want your best team in for. I think the only one thing that kind of surprised me here was after making the transfer to Gomez, I saw that Anfield Express, that was obviously a big deal last season where they were leaking all of the lineups and they were accurate pretty much every time. I don't think they ever got it wrong. Uh, They said that Klopp was going to start with the same lineup as the Champions League. And yeah, obviously he made quite a few changes, uh, particularly in defence. Uh, I wouldn't be too worried about Robertson. Like he's always going to be, for the majority of the games, the main man. Yeah. Uh, there's not really too much to worry about, I guess. So I wonder if it's one of those situations where Trent Alexander-Arnold was the one I saw a lot of people being worried about and Lovren too. Because some people would like brought him in on a wild card and be like, oh no, I've made the worst decision of my life. And then Lovren played, but they didn't get the clean sheet. Uh, so it was kind of a mixed bag there. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's got to be the same as it was at the start of the season, isn't it? Like Robertson is the main the main man alongside Van Dijk. Um, Gomez also played every game of the season up until this week. So it looks like he's got to be one of the main men. Um, and Lovren and Trent are sort of the rotational options who will come in when they have a bit of an easier game or they've got like a fixture pile-up. I do think that might cause some problems over the Christmas period, though. So, like we said last week, it's good to have a strong bench in the case that these players do get rotated. And uh, obviously the the teams like Brighton, uh, teams like Wolves, teams like Newcastle, these are the guys where you don't get so much rotation. So you kind of want to have a backup from those, those teams who don't have the Champions League and the all of those extra fixtures to contend with. Uh, on the other side of things, we have the attack. Can I ask a question, a further question about Robertson? Uh, yeah, sure. Would you advise starting Robertson against Arsenal? Bearing uh, in mind that since I bought the man six game weeks ago, mm-hmm. he hasn't had an assist. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um... You know what, it's quite a hard one to call, and I think you have this all the time with these like top six playing against each other. Yeah. Arsenal are very hard to get a read on at the moment, and we'll talk about them a little bit uh, after this. But I would probably say, with a guy like Robertson, it's always worthwhile, because if they do keep a clean sheet, which I think is kind of plausible against Arsenal, 
Um, considering they've only conceded four goals for the entire season so far, I think they certainly have a chance. But then at the same time, Arsenal are good. I mean, it depends who you potentially have in his place and what yeah. fixture they're playing. Yeah. If you have someone who's playing, I don't know, someone who's playing Newcastle, then maybe it's fine that you play them over it. But I think realistically, people are going to have Robertson as one of their main playing defenders week in, week out. And I just wouldn't overthink it too much. I think I'm going to actually start both Gomez and Robertson because I can definitely see either an assist from Robertson or some kind of set-piece goal coming. And I wouldn't put it past one of those to be involved. So I kind of think you just have to go with it and take that hit and be like, well, this is one week I might not get a massive score from them, but we pay the big money for them because they have the potential to do so. Okay. Uh, So moving on to the Liverpool attack, they seem to be clicking at last. Uh, Right in time for the Arsenal fixture. Unless you're Firmino. Unless you're Firmino. Uh, So what was it? Last, uh, the Red Star Belgrade game. Mm -hmm. That was the first time all three of the front three had scored in the same game this season. Really? Which I don't want to kind of make this up because it could be a bit fabricated but it felt like they were often all scoring in the same game last season yeah uh, and it's kind of quite surprising that this is the first time it's happened especially if you consider they have had some some fixtures you would expect them to run away with by sort of three or four goals but yeah they did seem to click at least uh, at last sorry Firmino though he was one I was thinking about uh, I think about two three weeks ago we spoke about this on the podcast I said I'm thinking about doing Aubameyang to Firmino to free up some money to facilitate some other moves. Man, am I glad I didn't do that because I've got like 34 points in three weeks from Aubameyang. So that was good. Uh, But yeah, I'd say Firmino, he hasn't looked that effective in the game and he even came off quite early in this one. I think he came off, I'm not sure of the exact minute, but it was around about that 60 to 70 minute mark. And look who came on for him, Shakiri, and he scored a goal. And he's been fantastic recently. Are you surprised that Shakiri isn't getting starts yet? Kind of. Like, I really did expect him to play this week because he hasn't played a lot of football. And his performance against Red Star Belgrade was just excellent. Um, I think if you look at the Leicester game that we didn't get to talk about, the Arsenal-Leicester game, uh, Meza Ozil's performance in that game... Shakiri kind of he kind of uh embodied that against Red Star Belgrade because he was playing those really sort of intelligent through passes that just cut all of the defense out of the game. And I feel like that's something that Liverpool have always missed in the last few few years, and I think it's something they wanted to get from Cuccino. Uh so I I don't know, like he's such a hard one to justify uh to to bring in even though he is cheap at 7.0 it's quite hard to justify with that lack of starting certainty i think yeah. what's your view on him i don't know like um <sighs> don't know I don't, I don't know who else you would have at that it's quite a hard spot to fill i guess because there aren't that many players who were looking at around 7 million. I guess it's like Richarlison, Sigurdsson, Walcott. Uh, there was another man, but I can't remember who it was. Anyway, so, yeah. oh, Madison. <laughs> I was going to um, say Madison, yeah. So, like, 
but they're all definitely going to start every week. But if you're like downgrading someone, slightly more expensive, and you're in order to upgrade someone else, then maybe Shakiri is like a nice option for that. Like it depends what you're going to do, like what the rest of your team looks like. But the thing is with Shakiri, this is a bit like Sterling last year, I guess, where it's it's like even if he does come on with five minutes to go, there's no reason he can't get an assist or get a goal. Yeah, especially in um, this this sort of team. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I do agree with that actually. And you had the stat here: he's got one goal and four assists in his last four games and only one start. So at seven point oh. I mean, he's outperforming Madison in that time frame, right? So, I, I, it's true. I so, must admit that it is true. And I know Madison is probably one you're going to want to hold on to for at least this week because of who he's playing in Cardiff. Yeah, they, but, they do have good fixtures coming yeah. up. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I think there is actually a bit of an argument for Shakiri in that sense. The other thing to, to address is, of course, Salah and Mane. So... Salah came back and I actually think from watching the game, he was the man of the match in this one because he got his goal quite early on and both of Mane's, wait, no, it wasn't both of Mane's goals. It was Shakiri and Mane's goals. Uh, he was instrumental in. And I think the Mane one in particular was such a good through pass that that was what made it click for me. And I was like, okay, Salah is good again because that's the kind of thing, that kind of ball is so hard to play. And he was seeing a picture that none of the defence could see. And it was the execution as well that he put in the exact spot where it could be met with Mane's stride. And I was absolutely gutted when I saw him get the the three bonus points taken away from him at the end. Because he deserved them. (laughs) On this occasion... It's not how it works. Exactly. And, you know, this is something we're going to have to swallow again and again. Uh... Salah, he is a little bit wasteful at times. He's reminiscent of Alexis Sanchez in that he will be dispossessed. He will miss shots. He will miss chances. But his upside is so, so good that it kind of doesn't really matter because when they do score three or four goals, you can bet yourself that he's going to have involvement in at least like two or three of them. Uh, so he, obviously there is still a bit of a debate going on around him because he is still very expensive compared to what he was last season. Um, is there a case for owning both of them, do you think? I don't know. I guess it depends what you do up front because you're going to want Hazard still, aren't you? Yeah, actually, he's one we should definitely talk about because I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing with him at the moment. Really? Yeah. Okay, Um, I'll put him in here yeah but assuming you do still want hazard yeah then i guess it's a bit trickier i don't know like uh oh i don't see a reason why after the arsenal game for fulham and then after the break watford and everton yeah why you why having both salah and Mane isn't a good option yeah like i'm not gonna do it just because i can't be bothered to faff around and get them all in yeah but if I could, and if it was, like, an easy move, I'd do it, for sure. It's that Fulham game that's really enticing, isn't it? Mm. And it's at Anfield. Yeah. That That is one that you have to look at and think, oh, God, like, I want all of the Liverpool players for this. 
Like, if I wasn't someone who refused to use their triple captain until the last game week of the season, yeah, I'd think about triple captaining in that game. Yeah. It's still quite... Providing I, I... that I knew that everyone was going to start. Yeah. I find it still quite hard to predict Liverpool. Like, um, in terms of who is going to end up on the score sheet. Yeah, because there seems to be no rhyme or reason to it. It just seems that it will be, like, Salah or Mane will be involved at some point. And I thought this game was, was quite a funny one because Mane's first goal, like, I was about to rage at the screen for him just basically miscontrolling the ball a bunch of times. Yeah. And then he kind of gets it, it, it kind of breaks for him. And he just takes this amazing powerhouse of a left foot shot and it's in the bottom corner. And I'm like, what? I don't understand how you did that. Like, you went from being so crap to so good in basically a second. Um, I'm still kind of a little bit doubtful on Mane, and I'm not sure if it's because last season I was so into Mane and refusing to back Salah. Yeah. And obviously over the course of the season, that did not do well for me. So I don't know if there's a little bit of pushback in my mind on believing in Mane because of that. I would be inclined to say spread the risk rather than owning both of them because I think there's there's good options in his price range and he's not really cheap enough that... Like, I don't like that double up. I'd much prefer a double up on the Liverpool defence because I kind of feel like they're more reliable at keeping clean sheets than, than both of Salah and Mane scoring goals, for example. I think it's going to be... It's going to be tough. To, to roll with that because if you do lose out on one weekend like Salah and Mane neither of them score that's kind of a lot of your budget not performing and that can be tough to digest whereas Shakiri, he's a lot cheaper I wouldn't mind having him having him come off the bench maybe get a one pointer maybe get a five or six pointer because I'm not spending the best part of 10 million on him yeah so yeah, that's kind of where I land on it. But I, I do also think, you know, if, you, if you're looking at Liverpool and you're really fancying that attack, I still don't see anything wrong with it. I just don't particularly like it myself. Um, so my favourite talking point ever right now is Mr. Aubameyang, who is just on a crazy run of form at the moment. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what he does, because I think we did this earlier in the season and it was actually quite possibly the preseason when I mentioned like my reasoning for going for Aubameyang over Aguero. Obviously that didn't work out too well for the first sort of three, four weeks. But since then he's just been scoring like game after game and and even off the bench, getting a a brace and assist against Fulham, getting a brace last week. I can't even remember who he played now, but at Leicester. Um, And the thing I think that's really interesting about Aubameyang is he's one of those players that if you actually just watch him, in a game, you'll probably think, I don't understand what this guy does. Like, I I don't want him in my team because he never seems to be anywhere, but he keeps getting goals. And I think that's kind of the unique, the uniquely interesting thing about Aubameyang is so much of the, the good work that he does is nothing to do with build-up, nothing to do with, like, fancy touches on the ball, but he's so good at being on the end of every move at the exact right time to just put it in the net for an easy goal. And I think in Fantasy League, that can be such a valuable thing to have. Someone who does not really care about getting involved in the build-up, does not really care about touching the ball, 
like 70, 80 times in the game, he will just be there on the end for a tap-in. And when you've got a guy like Ozil in the team as well, who absolutely loves to pass the ball, I think Aubameyang becomes such an enticing prospect. Obviously, there was a bit of worry about whether or not he was going to be a starting uh, a starting member of the eleven, And he's gone back in for the game today. Came away with a goal. A little bit lucky, maybe, because I think Palace did quite well today. And it was a, a handball from Lacazette. Although you could have argued a penalty should have been given. Um, but it was another example of him just like reading the game so well and being in the exact spot that you need to be in to get that goal. But I think with Aubameyang, especially when their fixtures get really good after game week 16, I think, um, that's when you're really going to see the value from a guy like him. And we're already seeing the value from a guy like him. I think, what did I say? It was like 30... 35-ish points over the next uh the last three weeks what are your thoughts on Aubameyang are you are you getting close to to being tempted yet I don't know it's very fixture based for me I think like so I'm looking at the next four fixtures right hmm. so this side of the international break we've got Liverpool at home and Wolves at home and then the other side Bournemouth away and Spurs at home yeah like they don't seem that hype to me. Yeah. I'm not that interested. Um, I'm kind of looking... For players that expensive... Yeah. I'm looking for... Like a run of at least four... Good fixtures. Yeah. To justify getting them in now. Because I'm quite happy with my team. Like, I'm quite set on it. And I feel like... I don't know, I haven't checked, but I assume that Aguero is quite highly owned. Yeah, over 50%. So I'm always nervous about getting rid of someone like that because unless you have someone better or as good as to back that up in your team, if a person with such high ownership just goes on a mad one one week, then you're wrecked. Um, So I'm not, I don't think Aubameyang is a bad option. I just don't want him right now. Yeah, but... Okay, so my question would be, when the fixtures do clear up... So let me let me introduce game week 16 onwards to you. So Arsenal play in four weeks. Huddersfield at home, Southampton away, Burnley at home, Brighton and Hove Albion away. Uh, then it's Liverpool in game week 20, but then game week 21 is Fulham. And if they're still... If they're still messing about with their defence, then that could be a really enticing option... Would you would you be tempted to get rid of Aguero around that time for Aubameyang or, or will you, you know, still be holding on? I don't know. I think it would really depend on how Aguero was doing. Yeah. Also, Bright- Arsenal lost at um, the Amex Stadium against Brighton last season. We lost the way at pretty much every stadium last season. So, <laughs> just want to... Just want to put that out there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I appreciate Arsenal doing very well this season. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It really depends on the time. And also, obviously, I've got my own personal issues with Man City attackers. I'd have to mess around in midfield if I was going to do that. Yeah. Um, like, that's really the only reason I'm keeping Aguero. Because it's, it's just easier. Mi- yeah. It, less worry, essentially. Yeah. I'd maybe think about making keeping like Salah and Hazard 
and then making all three of my other midfielders cheap, maybe... A double up. Ma- yeah, and maybe putting down <laughs> putting down Robertson. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and then getting Aubameyang yeah. in f- as well as Aguero, yeah. The thing that's allowed me to, to have Aubameyang for so long is, well, I had him from the start of the season and I didn't want to get rid, which has repaid me in the last few weeks, I think. But also, I've been riding out David Silver and he's been doing really well for me. He hasn't quite scored as highly as, as Aguero, but if you look at his price, like he has been performing there or thereabouts and he was, what, 8.4 when I brought him in. Unfortunately, I took the risk to bring Ozil in this week and I think he's going he's gonna to punish me tomorrow against Spurs, but... You know, it is what it is. Um, that That's the only thing I'd say. I, I think with Arsenal, if you already have Aubameyang or if you have Lacazette, it might be worth considering going to him because Lacazette seems a little bit out of form. I've uh, been quite unimpressed with his recent performances. But yeah, when they're playing Liverpool this week, at, it is at the Emirates. Anything could happen. I'm definitely holding him. But this probably isn't the time to bring him in, I guess, unless you're you're really liking the look of Arsenal because they're so hard to read at the moment. Like today, they didn't perform particularly well, but he's still got a goal. And I think that's what makes it so hard to commit to a guy like Aubameyang maybe when Man City play well in every fixture. I can see why that can be quite jarring mentally. I still really like him and I think that unique ability he has to just be in that right place at the right time it also lends itself well to to achieving bonus points because he will get one chance at a game and he'll put it away much like uh glenn murray actually he's been doing really well oh my god absolute legend he is an actual brighton hove legend now yeah 100 goals was it yeah only the second player in brighton hove albion history to reach 100 goals for the club how long has he been there because I, I, I swear know. he was unless he played that earlier in his career because oh, and it's gone back I don't know I feel like it was only a few seasons ago he was at Crystal Palace yeah he was he was at Brighton Hove before he went to Palace he was at Brighton I see for that makes years. sense then yeah legend anyway we'll, we'll talk about him a bit later because he is a great guy 54 goals then in 118 appearances that's not bad at all Damn, what what a player. Um, Speaking of fixtures, I know a team that has some. You know who that Mm. is? It's Bournemouth. Yeah. The problem with those fixtures is they're not the most easy fixtures. They're not nice. That said, they just won't stop, will they? These Bournemouth guys. I don't know. Like... I, mm, I'm I'm kind of done here. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. I think get out before... Um, quit while you're ahead is my Bournemouth um, ethos this week. So, other than a few balanced fixtures in January, Bournemouth don't have another nice run of fixtures until March. Hmm. Thus, I think it might be sensible to jump ship sooner rather than later. Um, or to at least think about it. To at least bear it in mind. Yeah. So I only have Fraser at the moment um, and I'll keep him until the break. So uh, for Man United and for Newcastle. And then he's out. Yeah. 
I don't want him any longer. I've got other things on. I'm not interested. Let's move on. And also, I bought him quite late. So, I... Yeah, it's not like you've got a lot invested in him. Exactly. Yeah, I see that. Um, I... yes? The, yeah, uh, the one thing I would say is, when is the break? Is that after Newcastle? Yes. Yeah, okay. We have two game weeks and then the break. So, yeah. You Man... can see, because on our document, I have used different symbols. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, so I I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I would say, Thank yeah, you. Man United and Newcastle... Man United got the win today, 2-1, against Everton, but I still don't think they look particularly convincing. Um, I don't think anyone does. Yeah, I I thought Everton were quite bad as well. Like, I'd be a little bit worried about them. But, yeah, those two fixtures are definitely ones that the likes of Fraser and Wilson could perform in. I think King missed out this week with an injury, which was a shame if anyone had gone for him for his penalty-taking, because... Guess what? They got a penalty in this game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, okay, okay. so I'm kind of with you there. They face Arsenal and Man City back-to-back after the break, and, yeah, those aren't... I mean, maybe Arsenal you could keep hold for if like, they haven't sorted keep... their defence out, but... The thing is, with these players, is they're not expensive, especially if you've got, like, Brooks or whatever, who's at, like, 5.1. In that case, there's almost no point... Unless there's someone you have a burning desire to get in... Um, who's around the same price bracket. Like, for him, it's probably worth keeping him because what else are you going to do with that time or money? But for those who are slightly more expensive, like Fraser and Wilson and King, maybe you could think about changing, switching them out for players who have slightly better fixtures. Essentially to get an optimal sort of team for the next period, I guess. Yes, I... I've selected some men. Okay, okay, hit me with it. So, in place of Wilson and King, you could get Glenn Murray. And that's kind of like a straight, depending on how, I don't know what price Wilson and King started the season at. But for their current price, it's a straight swap, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Murray's at 6.5, and Brighton have really good fixtures for the next, like, what, six game weeks or something. And Glenn Murray loves to score the goals. Thus, an obvious choice. He really does. The remarkable thing, and the thing that keeps me from getting Glenn Murray all the time, is that I look at Brighton and I'm like, Brighton don't get any chances. But when they do, it's Glenn Murray and he scores. Yeah, one shot, one goal in the Wolves game. Exactly. And he they highlighted his uh, shot conversion on Match of the Day. He has a 42.9% conversion rate, which is absolutely insane. Like That's high. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I think the average is around about sort of 20%. And that's that's for, you know, any striker, even the likes of your Agueros and your, your Aubameyangs. So it's a damn good, good rate to have. That could suggest one of two things, as we've spoken about before. Either he's overperforming or he's just really, really good at finishing. And judging by his goal against whoever it was they played this week, Wolves. Wolves. That was one hell of a finish. Like I'd say that like that alongside the goal his goal against Man United. Yeah. Great at finishing. End of story. But, yeah, the amazing thing is, he does these like really deft sort of touches. 
Mm. Ones that you think, you know, Glenn Murray, he's a bit of a workhorse. Like he just kind of, you know, trudges around doing his stuff. But when he gets an opportunity, like he always seems to know exactly how to strike it. And one of the most remarkable things for me is like, there's a lot of pressure on you when you're a Premier League player, especially if you're only getting one chance per game. And if you can finish your one chance that you get like that, I, I just think that's nothing short of remarkable. So, yeah, I actually really like that shout. And I think Everton, Cardiff, Leicester and Huddersfield in the next four, that is a, a tasty little run for a guy like Glenn Murray because not many of those teams can defend. I, I, I'll back you up on that one. He's good. Who else? Cool. Um, so the uh, my second option is more of an if you can afford it. Yeah. Arnautovic up at 7 million. This week, I chose to look at West Ham's fixtures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that's something you've been talking about for three weeks, but I've decided yep. to not listen to you. Yep. So this week, I've decided to go on my own voyage, yep. look at those fixtures, and I thought, oh, these are quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I've just um, seen that thing that Dan's been talking about for ages. Yep, yep. yep. correct, correct. Um, so yeah, Arnautovic seems quite good if uh, he's no longer ill. And it well, this kind of works out because I guess by the time the ins- the next international break is over, you'd hope that Arnautovic might be functioning again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if that's when you're going to make the swap, which seems wise to me, then if you can afford to do so, there you go. Yeah. So for the fixtures, it's Burnley and Huddersfield in the next two. So yeah, you could totally keep uh, keep your Bournemouth boys. For at least one of those, the Burnley one. Uh, the Huddersfield fixture might be a little bit tempting, especially if Arnautovic is back next week and we see him go on a little run. Uh, yeah. The The annoying thing was, he is actually one of my players this week that I, I got in early that didn't play, and I was absolutely gutted about that. But they do face Man City in game week 13, so maybe, maybe it's game week 14 you want him. But regardless, like... Huddersfield is a good fixture. That could be a good time. I, I, I definitely agree that he's one of the best options out there if you can afford it, or if you can even move your money around a bit with two transfers. Uh, yeah. If there's a another area you want to mess about with or downgrade or whatever. But yeah, I'd agree with that. Anyone else? Uh, not for Wilson and King. Those are my two guys there. Who I've I got one like... more. I'd like to throw in the ring then. Yeah. Uh, Ian Acho. He's starting all the games now, and he's oh. five point nine. But he wasn't coming at me yesterday, was he? He wasn't, no. <laughs> but they do face Cardiff next. Although, if you're holding on to Wilson or King, then it uh, <laughs> doesn't really work out too well. But yeah, they have yeah, a... Yeah, it's quite a tricky price range. That's the thing. Like, there is definitely an argument for holding on to Wilson or King, if you have them. Yeah. Because the there aren't that many options in that price range. Hmm. And... You know, Wilson still does goals. It's He's not bad to hold on to at all. Yeah, the one thing I would say, we, we spoke about this um, about three weeks ago. At that time, Wilson had the most big chances missed of any player in the league. And I remember saying how that was quite a... Uh, it's kind of encouraging that he's getting the chances, but also he's missing way too many. But now it seems like he's getting those chances and he's actually finishing them. And he scored a penalty yesterday, which, you know, the last penalty he took, he missed. So maybe there is an argument that he's actually coming into better form now, now that he's actually putting them away. Although 
it should always be the caveat that they were playing Fulham and Fulham will just allow you the most ridiculously good chances. And they're looking really in trouble right now. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to Fraser, you, you wanted to talk about some replacements for him. A long-term option, I think, the best long-term option right now for Fraser is Ross Barkley at 5.7. Yeah. So, you pretty... M- anyone should pretty much be able to afford to do that to make that move regardless of when you got Fraser in like you should have either earned enough money or you would have paid enough uh, the same amount of money yeah to get Barkley in oh god I want to talk about Barkley more extensively in a bit yeah sorry I just wanted to riff on this because I was just thinking one of the issues with my hazard and we'll talk talk about that in a minute but like one of the issues with that is that I wouldn't have a Chelsea player for the Fulham game but if I could just get Barkley instead, I could get rid of Hudson-Odoi. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Anything to get rid of Hudson-Odoi. Exactly. It's just be a perfect way to do it. But carry on. Um. So a long-time option is Barkley. Bar, 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 Barkley. I've got two quite short-term options in Pereira and De La Feu. Yep. Both for the next two. And we can move on to Watford. Okay. It's cool. like this is a I like seamless how you've done that. <laughs> link. Um, Watford's next two fixtures are Newcastle, are both away, but they're Newcastle and Southampton. And in Watford's current form, I'm saying yes. For these two fixtures, I'd like someone who can attack and probably also someone who can defend in my team for yeah. Watford. Um, so Pereira 6.3, goals in the last two games. I'd say he looks like a good option for the next two fixtures. His goal um, was really good as well. I don't remember it. but He I'll just dribbled through like five players. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember. Yeah. And Delafoe, his return to the starting lineup. Um, he's currently at 5.4 million. Currently only 0.3% ownership. Yeah. That's the real... That's a real differential Selling right point. Yeah. The catch is that he's only playing like 65-ish minutes at the moment. Yeah. Um, But I assume that will increase as he continues to regain fitness. Yeah. And form, etc. I'd also say Pereira is more likely to feature in the bonus. Right. Because he he just seems to be generally more involved in the play, uh, makes a lot more passes and, and creates a few more chances. Whereas De La Feu seems to be the kind of guy who will pick up the ball and dribble past a bunch of players. But I, I do think they're both uh, really good. Yeah, for sure. So I'm definitely looking to get one of these in for the next game week. Yeah. That's my first... Well, maybe one of my first moves. Yeah. This game week. I think it's... Who would be leaving your squad? Knockout. Yeah, that makes sense. Rest in pieces, <clears throat> Anthony. You've been a pain in the backside. Could you afford to get Pereira by getting rid of him? Can I afford Pereira? Yes, I just need to get... I'm, I just. I only need to make one move in defence. Yeah. A sweet little downgrade. Do you want me to tell you who I'm downgrading? Because I've already talked about how I suddenly realised they have good fixtures. Uh, go on. I'm getting rid of Ben Mee, which is quite annoying because he went, he dropped in price last night. Yeah. Um, but hey ho. 
Yeah, getting I, rid of Ben Me. I think, and I'm getting okay. It's a Diop. <laughs> yes, you are. You're copying Danny T. You know what? B- before yes. we talk about this, can I just yeah. uh, air my grievances about this West Ham Leicester game? Because I yeah. had not only I don't want you to, but yeah. Not only did I have Fabianski and Diop. Not only last week did you tell everybody that, that gonna you were going to play Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought we'd convinced you. I thought that was what was happening. I thought everything was good. I thought, yes, look, it's safe now. Well, okay. It's safe in Ryan's capable Let hands. Let me defend myself here, okay? So first, first thing first, the reason that I didn't play Matt Ryan was because I looked at it and I was like, there is almost no way that Wolves are not going to score in this game. And that is more or less exactly how it played out, but somehow they didn't score. So I think the evidence of how the match actually went kind of made sense. Uh, it sort of justified my uh, decision to an extent, but I didn't know that Mark Noble was going to be a freaking idiot and get sent off, and then indeed he was going to score with a mad deflected shot. So that was so frustrating because not only did I have two fancy players in that, I also had an accumulator on where I needed West Ham to win, and I was about to win a hundred quid. And then, like, the 89th minute, that goes in. And I was so gutted on so many levels. But it happens. It happens. I still got six points from Fabianski, so it wasn't the end of the day. End of the day? End of the world. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was quite frustrating. And I think if Mark Noble hadn't been sent off, West Ham would have controlled that game a lot better because they were looking really good in the first half and really had dominated Leicester and it wasn't until that happened that Leicester really started to come into it and create a lot of chances. They were offside 10 times in that match. Uh, it was annoying. Was amazing. Like, none of them could hold their runs. But I would say that, to, to back up the, the shout for Issa Diop, like, West Ham's defence did look good. Like, it was very organised. I think the fact that Leicester were caught offside 10 times wasn't a coincidence. It was that their defence is actually quite organised now, and Declan Rice... He is actually another shout at 4.4. And he's listed as a defender, but he's playing in midfield. Um, obviously, Balbuena, I think he's 4.4 as well, but Issa Diop is 4.3. Mm-hmm. They just look really organised as a unit. And Declan Rice does so much in front of the back four, just like making making strong tackles and interceptions. And I think he's been a revelation for them so far this season. And that central def- uh, defensive pairing is looking really good. So, yeah, I- I'd like that shout. I mean, I would have told you about six weeks ago I like that shout. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want it then, though. I believed in Ben yeah. Mee this whole time. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe anymore. And Burnley do look quite bad, don't they? I haven't seen the mm-hmm. highlights yet, but... You know what? Burnley weren't that bad. It was it was Chelsea being good yeah. more than Burnley being bad. Um. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like... You can't be having a defender from a team that concedes four, even if it is against Chelsea. Like, they haven't really yeah. looked like the same Burnley from last season at all yet. No, and, I feel and I'd like be it's... very happy to like be proved wrong if in three weeks' time I'm like, oh no, I need to get Ben Me back yeah. in. I would. That's fine. We can put that one on ice for now, can't we? And be like, hey, prove yourselves again, Dyche's men. Um, yeah, Diop, sweet shout. Like, they do have really good fixtures besides that Man City game. The only sad thing is they've only kept one clean sheet so far. Yeah, I don't mind. I'm not going to be playing him. Yeah. 
So I just need the cheap like fodder on the yeah. bench, really. Um, so we were talking about Watford. Yeah. Watford's defence. Holobus and Cabasele were back in the squad this week. Yep. Post. Post yellow and, and red cards. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but both only made it to the bench. Is this a case of Burnley's if it ain't broke, don't fix it rotation mentality? <laughs> Is Kiko Femenia worth getting in for the next two fixtures at 4.2 million? Uh, you know what? You could do Juan Basaka to Kiko Femenia. That'd be quite good. You could do. Yeah, I guess. Um, I think that might be worth doing, actually. I could do that. It would just mean I couldn't get Sterling. And I want Sterling. But yeah, uh, I think for these two fixtures, definitely if you need someone to play and uh, say, for example, like me, you have a bunch of Liverpool defenders um, and they have a tough fixture against Arsenal and you don't trust them. Like the one Bissaka to Kiko for Menu move could be a, a masterstroke, actually. And it wasn't something I considered until now. Is he worth getting in longer term? Because Kiko's Kiko's in for Jan Matt, right? Yeah. Is that right? Jan Matt has an injury. And, and I think he's, he's injured. I think he's got to be out for quite a few more weeks. Uh, although I don't have an exact timetable on that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's played well while he's been in, hasn't he? So I do. But do things change when Holobas and Cabasele go back in? And everyone's just running around getting carding again? Well, I think there's two things to consider here. One is that Cabasele and Hol- Holobas showed like ridiculous indiscipline to get banned in the first place. And mm-hmm. that's, I think any manager is going to be a little bit annoyed, especially someone like Holobas, who just so frequently gets yellow cards for stupid stuff. Like it's, yeah. it's very rarely like something that helps a team. It's just like really sloppy fouls and stuff. So... I think there's probably a bit of that where he's like, well, you let me down last time. And also the fact that the last game they played with, is it Massina at left back? And um, and I can't remember who came in centrally for, was it Mariapa who came back in? or Maybe, who knows? Whoever the other central defensive player was, obviously did really well. And they, they, they kind of have this situation where it's like, yeah, we're playing better with this new sort of lineup that we're trying with Dale Lafayette playing off the striker and Isaac success as well, who, who got a nice little goal in this game. So yeah, I, I do think, um, I do think this could be something that, that stays. So if you have Holobas, maybe I'd be a little bit worried, but at the same time, uh, you got to give it one more week if you're in that sort of situation. Okay. Uh, Ross Barkley is a man we have previously mentioned He's also a man who cost 5.7 million. Talk so, to me. Here's my situation. I want one of those Watford Ben, Pereira or Delafeu. Uh-huh. But if Hazard doesn't look like he's going to be good for next weekend, yeah. Then Barkley comes in. Right. I don't really want Hazard and Barkley just cuz I think it's a bit unnecessary. Yeah. But that's my situation. So I'm going to try and leave that transfer until the end of the week or as late as I can. Yeah, I'm really... A lot of my moves this week are going to be dependent on what happens tomorrow. Yeah, we we do need to wait and see on um, Hazard because I... We'll come to him in a minute properly, but 
it's quite hard talking about it right now because we don't know if that's going to be an injury that keeps him out longer term. It seems like it's just a, a fairly, fairly innocuous sort of back injury, but we could find out in three or four days that it's indicative of something more serious. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem is with Hazard as well is that I can't get like I don't want to get rid of Hazard. If I get rid, I can't get him back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got him for ten point five. He's now eleven point three. He has dropped uh, once this week already, and he is he has been dropped by a lot of people actually in in FPL. But still, it's very hard to get him back when you've you've lost yeah. that much. So I would... and as we've advocated, if you have a good bench as well, it shouldn't really be too much of an issue. Yeah. For two weeks, say. Yeah. Um. Even then, even if it's another two weeks. And then he's back after the international break? Yeah. I'll keep him. I guess the only issue I have with it is the next seven fixtures, there's only really two that I'd really want Hazard for. Because they... I don't know. Do you, like, well, do you think? Okay, Are so, you that bothered? So I'll, I'll preface this with like a few, um, a few of my takes. Basically, Crystal Palace okay. today, like they, I thought they looked really competitive really physical i think that's the kind of game that hazard might struggle in because yeah but suddenly for the first time this season palace have looked good yeah well i don't know they've they've looked they've looked okay for the majority of it it's just they're quite bad at actually scoring goals but the everton game still bad at scoring goals yeah unless it's a penalty unless it's a penalty um Everton, that is a game that I'd like Hazard for. But then they play Spurs. It's a London derby. It's always going to be a little bit tense. Then they play Fulham. Obviously, at home, I I want to have him against Fulham. After that, it's Wolves, Man City, Brighton. So those those three games are all against teams of pretty good defences who will try to really limit what he can do. And if he's carrying an injury, if this is even something that he can play through that he's carrying like i'm quite excited by the idea of having more money to spend elsewhere on my team and maybe looking at well i say that and then i'm gonna say maybe looking at someone like sterling to replace him um because man city's fixtures i think are a lot better and man city are just a better team overall so I'm kind of starting to waver on Hazard and I don't know if it's just this sort of like recency bias of, oh, he's let me down this week. So I just want to get rid of the problem because it might not be a problem, but it's, yeah, I'm starting to waver on that. You know, this all comes down to what your team looks like and where you have, you know, nailed on starters who aren't going to be injured or rested or whatever. But I am, you know, I'm looking at this. I'm like, I could just do Hazard to Barkley and look at all the money I have. I'm not going to try and pretend that they're the same player. Like, Barkley, yeah. over the course of a season, he isn't going to match Hazard. But I am at that point where I'm really starting to waver on Hazard because he was not good in the game against uh, Man United, although it did come out that he was carrying this back injury. But also these teams coming up, I think they all have players besides the Fulham game and maybe the Everton one. Like there's a lot of games where they will go out of their way to really stifle Hazard. I don't think I can stick with him. I think I want to bank that money and, and move on. Okay, Whew, that was that was tiring. I'm really scared. I mean, this is honestly the first time in the season, I think, that 
the moves that I'm making, I'm not sure about them. Mm. Um, and it's it's become quite hard. Like you're looking at potential transfers you can make. And I had it this week where I was just thinking, I may be better off just doing nothing at all, but I want to make changes because I have two free transfers and it didn't pay off this week. It might do next week. I, d- I don't really know, but whether I even keep us, it was another question. Um, Brighton Hove Albion, though, they had a good little win, didn't they? Yeah, well... Three 1-0 wins in a row, I will tell thee. Yeah, it's their first, the first time they've won three games in a row in the Premier League. Are Brighton the new Burnley? Uh, yes, yes they are. We've done it, we've cracked um, the code. Yeah, so my I got Knockout in like three weeks ago because yep. I thought, oh, these fixtures look nice, he's quite good, let's go. The problem is he's been benched for the last two game weeks. So What did now... he do this game week? Oh, he came on for seven minutes and got a yellow card. What a legend. <laughs> like it's one of those things that is like, oh I'm not even mad. Yeah. Um It's just funny. Yeah, it's just funny. Uh so I'm looking at Izquierdo now instead. I don't think I will get Izquierdo because I've got my Barkley Watford saga going on. Yeah, yeah. But for these fixtures, I am. I don't like not having a burn. Uh, sorry, a Brighton attacker. <laughs> the new Burnley. We even call them Burnley now. <laughs> it's like every time you say Bournemouth, but you mean I mean Burnley. Burnley. Yeah. So Glenn Murray is definitely an option, and I hadn't thought about it until right this minute. But now I'm thinking maybe I'll get rid of Mitrovic and put Glenn Murray there. Yeah, actually, Fulham just looked crap. He didn't even have a shot yesterday, did he? I don't. I don't. Know. I think they said the thing he didn't is, play. I'm not. Didn't take any. I'm not in a rush to get rid of Mitrovic because he has scored and assisted seven times this season. Already. Yeah. Um, and I'm not in a rush to get rid of Ings because he is very cheap. <laughs> and even if he just sits on my bench, it's fine. Yeah. And actually, Ings outscored Mitrovic this week, so <laughs> with two points. <laughs> yes. Legend. Um, but yeah, Glenn Murray's a shout there. But Izquierdo, as a like straight swap for knockout. Now knowing my luck, Izquierdo won't play next week in knockout. Will. Yeah. But if we pretend that that is an impossible situation, um, so this was only Izquierdo's second start this season because he's been injured or whatever his problem was. Yeah. But he seems to have just like leapt straight back into being Izquierdo from last season. Yeah. And I think 5.9 is an alright price for him as well. Um, because I think we will see goals and assists from him on a fairly regular basis, especially with the good fixtures, Cardiff and Huddersfield, both in the the upcoming the upcoming ones. And they are both away from home. Mm. That's the only but downside. Three away games in four. I think it's going to start mattering less and less to Brighton that whether the fixtures are home and away yeah. this season. Yeah, uh, that that is kind of it's always been the worry, hasn't it, with Brighton? But they have won, I think, two of their. Wait, no, mm, it was one of their they last won three. One and they drew another, I think. Yeah, so that's their away form isn't terrible right now. Yeah, Everton, Cardiff, Leicester, and Huddersfield. All of those four to me look like games that Brighton could score in. Yeah, and I, I think my first choice would definitely be Glenn Murray, but I think if there was a second choice. It would have to be Izquierdo, for sure. Oh my god, I'm going to do 
my midfield saga and Diop this week and then Glenn Murray next week for the Cardiff. All oh right, God. baby, you figured that out. Oh, I've got it. Cool. Uh, yes. Have we got anything other, anything other Any worth other mentioning? It doesn't even make yes. sense. <laughs> I've got a couple of bits. I was absolutely disgusted to see that Bettinelli had been put on the bench this week. It's the third goalkeeper this season, isn't it? Sergio Rico coming in. And also, have you looked down the sheet at Southampton and Newcastle's shots yesterday? <laughs> so I did I did manage oh. to catch this just before um, we started recording. And, okay. oh my God, Southampton, Southampton, Southampton. What, what are you doing, guys? 22 shots. How many were on target? Four. 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 Unbelievable. <laughs> um, Unbelievable. But still better than Newcastle's six on, six shots with none, none on target. target. <laughs> so. It's, it's unforgivable from Southampton, though. Like, And they did a bit of analysis on this. Um, I think it was your fave guy, Genus, just pointing out that they just made the wrong decision every time they had the ball. Like, Gabbiadini yeah. had this shot that just ballooned so far wide, it was comical. And it, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what, but my view on Southampton is that they just don't have anyone who can actually finish chances. I think a few seasons ago, Charlie Austin would have been that man. There's a good one at the end, wasn't there? I think it was Shane Long missing the target. And I was like, well, that's why he's missed the target, because... It's Shane Long. He's the guy you've got on the end of it. And uh, what does Shane Long do but miss the target? Um, yeah, when your best finisher is Danny Ings, it's, it's worrying. But the one thing I would say is they've kept a bunch of clean sheets recently. Oh, I'm absolutely livid. Is it time to maybe consider a defender? No, I just got rid of McCarthy. I'm not having it. How much are their defenders? I mean... You know, they're still this quite is... expensive. Like, they're 4.5 and up. Yeah. When you can have Diop or Wambasaka or Dunk. Duffy um, had a price rise last night. Yeah, I saw. So Duffy's up to 4.6 now. I don't know what y'all doing. Just get Dunkin. He's only 4.4. Cedric's only 4.4. Great guy. There's still some rotation there, I feel. Like, Yoshida was playing the other yeah, week. Yeah, uh, Cedric will start every game. So Bertrand, but Bertrand's... 4.9. Okay, hold on a minute. I was saying maybe we should look at their defenders, but they've faced Man City, Watford, Fulham. Okay. Man United, Tottenham. Like, don't go there. Don't go there. It's not worth it. So let's have a quick look at the Denalysis Domestic, our little league. Yes. So I cut this out entirely last week because um, it was a fabrication. But <laughs> I wanted to give everyone an update on game week nine. So... The big news is that Andrew McKinnon was dethroned oh. last game week. Shocker. By jo- moved down to third place and John McMahon has taken taken his spot for the week. Um, our top scorer was Paul DeVroom, who doesn't listen to this podcast, but hey, it's nice that you're involved in the league anyway. <laughs> I'll, I'll let him know. Yeah, please do. <laughs> and um, I was the second top scorer. Yeah. So Paul had 70 points, I had 62. You had a nice little game um, week. Yeah, I was really hyped about it. This week, uh, although the week isn't over, with still one game to play, Paul Garside has absolutely run away with it, with 96 points, and Jesus either one or 
either one or two still to play. Oh my god! Who who are the yeah. two players? Uh, he has a. Sp- I imagine he Aguero. Whoa. Yeah, two two still to play. Uh, Laporte and Aguero. Oh my god, that is ridiculous. And he's getting Pereira off the bench, which is the the real killer. I assume your Ryan score Alon- included that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh. yeah, Pereira, Wilson, Salah, captain Fraser, Duffy, Rob, uh, sorry, Alonso and Ryan. So good. He did take a minus eight though, I believe, right? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think you told me but that. But that's still a but very successful minus eight. <laughs> even so, I'm not counting your points hits. I'm doing... Well, yeah, it's still the, the top scorer. How many points yeah. you got? Your base score. Uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if even if I take eight away from 96, if he still isn't the top scorer. Exactly. This game week. That's a phenomenal little score. And it's too hard to call who will be in first place in the Genesis Domestic this week i'm afraid so i'm not gonna do it that's good there's currently one point between um whoever it was john and yakko yeah so yeah all right i'm sorry i can't i can't (laughs) call either of you to win this one well i guess we'll see next week won't we um okay so shall we have a little look ahead to game week 11 please it's absolutely mad it is (laughs) <laughs> you seen it um we got a 12 30 game which i'm happy about because I we've always got like a 12 30 four threes a 5 30 and a 7 45 oh damn what all on on my 26th birthday oh happy birthday the end <laughs> uh yeah that's good okay so so i'm gonna miss all of them yeah well bournemouth well, man united is the early kickoff bournemouth man united i'm definitely gonna miss the other, well, we might see if we can can slot in the evening ones. Yeah, I mean Arsenal Liverpool, right? It has to. It has to be consumed. Yeah, so Bournemouth versus Man United is the early kickoff, and I do think Bournemouth have a chance here. I'm a little bit gutted. I don't have any any Bournemouth players because it would be nice to have some some sort of involvement in this game, some real feeling. But yeah, I I think they sure. stand a chance. What your uh, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean it's anyone's, isn't it? This this one. Yeah, probably like a two three, like Bournemouth score two, and then Man United like, oh, whoops, we need to do some goals. <laughs> yeah, the old half time like switch up. <laughs> the old half time Mourinho threatens to shoot all their families. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Bournemouth are good though. They they've turned. Bournemouth, my are you opinion reckon around. are going to get relegated this season? They could still do it. They'll find a way. <laughs> but I've been impressed with them so far. And they're just a style of play. It's quite exciting. Um, okay, what's your pick of the three o'clock? So we got got a number of them here. I think West Ham Burnley is where I'm looking to. That's going to be okay. the one I watch. Come on, on out I'm looking... Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking at Cardiff Leicester because I hope Madison's going to do some mad shit. Has he scored any points for the last four weeks? Because I feel like he hasn't. Uh, yeah, he got an assist maybe three weeks ago. Okay. Because I'm starting to think that Madison is, dare I say, a little bit overhyped. And I do like him. So before everyone gets like super mad and is like, Dan's being crazy contrarian mofo. Like, I do think he's a talented player. But like so much of what he does is just spinning around in the centre circle 
I mean, to me, he's a set piece guy. Yeah, that is where his like fantasy that's value my, comes in big time. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, so to me, it would be like either him or Goodmanson. Yeah, like I'd put them on a plane yeah. together. Um, I also think he's quite selfish, which is both good and bad. Like he will take a shot when he's in front of the goal. He will take a shot almost every time. Um, if he's like, eventually it's going to go in. Yeah, and, and that's kind of like both a good and bad thing. It's it's about when you do it. But he's starting to remind me of Ross Barkley when he was at Everton and he really stagnated because a lot of what he's doing is like really fancy stuff in the middle. He has a lot of the ball, but it's not always effective. And if I was a Madison owner, obviously this week I'd be like, hell yeah, like playing Cardiff. Like the fixtures do turn quite good for them yeah. uh, for the next few weeks. So I'm not in a rush to get rid yeah. Like, he doesn't bother me. He doesn't bother my team. Yeah. Even if he's sitting there getting two, three points every week, I'm not asked. <laughs> Fine. I'm done with that. Uh, yeah, West Ham Burnley should be good, and I-, I fancy West Ham to finally keep a clean sheet here. I think they've deserved it for the past few weeks, and they've been unlucky. Uh, Newcastle play Watford. Come on, Watford. Do the goals. Yeah, surely. Surely. I-, I kind of have a bit of a soft spot for Newcastle, but I also want Pereira to score the goals because I got him in my team, and I had too many two-point weeks, man. I need I need this run of form to keep going. Uh, Everton-Brighton is perhaps the most interesting one in terms of looking quite evenly matched. I mean, yeah, Brighton are a very defensive team who've been getting results and Everton are a very attacking team who've eh, not really I'd been getting like results. 1-1 one, one, one here. Yeah, this will... Yeah, this will be one for Matt Ryan to sit on my bench, I think, but I could regret it. Oh, so there's a surprise. Yeah, poor Matt Ryan. I still haven't got any of his clean sheets this season. I'm so sad. Uh, okay, 5.30, the Arsenal-Liverpool game. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm just going to put... I'll probably keep Ozil. Because uh, I am I was originally... My plan was to get Meza Ozil back out for David Silva. Uh, okay. Obviously, Man City play Southampton. Yeah. Um, so I kind of took a one-week punt. But now I'm actually starting to think I'm going to wait and see what the situation is with Hazard. And I might consider getting Raheem Sterling in instead mm-hmm. for that Man City-Southampton game. Like, I'm a little bit... Because I've gotten rid of David Silva now, I'm more worried about his rotation than ever. Whereas when I had right. him in my team and he was a mainstay, I was like, yeah. it's fine, I'll miss some weeks, but, you know, he's good. When he does play, he'll do good. Now I'm like, oh, crap, I need Sterling. So I'm thinking about maybe doing that or someone like Mares or It's very much dependent on tomorrow. But yeah, Arsenal-Liverpool, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be an exciting game, whatever happens. Uh, my heart says Arsenal are going to win. I mean, it's the reason why I brought Meza Ozil in this week. It's I'm starting to believe again. Uh, my head says Liverpool will probably be too good. But when you have Aubameyang and he's in form, you always have a chance. Uh what do you think? Are you, I assume you think that Liverpool will win this one. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, I don't like it when the big teams play each other. It's not ideal, but mm-hmm. it has to happen at some point. Uh, I do think I'm going to avoid captaincy. And in fact, that's one of the reasons I'm looking to a Man City player, because I want to have a good captain. Uh, yeah, 7.45, we have Wolves versus Spurs, which is... I'm quite hyped for this. I am not sure. Uh I I'm, I think this will be quite good. I mean, this is one of I the reasons Wolves I got could... rid of Doherty, but I still have Jimenez, and I'm thinking, sneak I'll him in there. Play him. Sneak him yeah. in there. 
Yeah, I, I do think Wolves certainly stand a chance. Like Spurs haven't looked overly convincing lately. And who knows, if they get pummeled by Man City tomorrow, we might see a, a scared-looking Spurs showing up. Uh, moving on to Sunday, and we have... Look at the times of these. Like, the Man City-Southampton is at three, and the Chelsea-Crystal Palace is at four. This is another annoying one where they put two matches on and put a Monday game on for no good reason. But the the Sunday games are the good ones, I guess. So at least all the exciting. But stuff you can't be over. watch both of them. I, you can watch the first half of. I mean, I'll just watch the Man City one anyway, because I'm probably gonna end up getting rid of Hazard, aren't I? Um, yeah, Man City Southampton at three o'clock. I th- this is only going one way, isn't it? Southampton can't score. Man City love to score. <laughs> and it's at home. Yeah. It's at the Etihad, so. I wasn't going to captain Aguero and now I think I'm going to have to. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at my team today and I was, uh, before making any transfers, I was just kind of looking around being like, who would I captain? And the only option I came up with was Arnautovic. And I'm like, I don't even know if Arnautovic is going to play next week. I mean, I assume he is. Or Pereira was the other one. This is it. I've currently captained Hazard vice Aguero, but I think I'm going to have to swap it for safety's sake. Yeah, and Man City against Southampton is a good fixture for Man City. I mean, Southampton can defend, we know that, but Man City are too good. And I'm liking the idea of getting Sterling in. Uh, As you've said at least five times. For that, that captaincy. That's that's literally it. I'm just like, he could score big against this team. I kind of want to do it. And he's still a bit of a differential. At his, uh, I think he's like 6% owned or something. So yeah, maybe that might be what I do. Uh, and then Chelsea Chelsea Palace. I mean, Chelsea probably will win. I hope they don't because we just drew with Palace and it was quite frustrating. Uh, but is it is it Palace of last season? They're back. Two penalties in one game today. Maybe they'll get two yeah. penalties next week. Maybe they've just been saving know. them up. I don't reckon. Well, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I hope Chelsea draw, but they probably won't. And then Monday we have Huddersfield Fulham. The real, the big the one, real right? kicker. <laughs> oh, um, does yeah. anyone care about this? I mean, yeah. Mitrovic owners, of course. I do. But if this is going to be his last point in my team for the time being, yeah. Yeah, I guess he I'm could interested. go out with a bang. Oh, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> you could always captain him for I'm increased excitement <laughs> on the Monday. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I felt quite bad for Huddersfield. They. Uh, they played quite well this week. They had who did they play? Uh, Watford, and yeah, they had quite you a lot of shots. You know what? I was and they really hit the post again. When they were playing um, Liverpool the other week, Billings long throws. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Is he good at them? Throw me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so uh, that's it, I guess. That's it cool. for the old the old rig. What did we say for our clean sheet cup predictions last week? I you said, think I said Liverpool, didn't I? You did indeed. Urgh. And I went for a nil-nil for the wrong three o'clock fixture. What one did you say? I said Brighton Wolves. Ah, oh, man, and you were fairly close. If it wasn't for Glenn Murray's pesky finishing... <laughs> I know. Damn it. Damn it, Glenn. Uh... You're such a good guy, but you've let us down here by being good. Okay, uh, I'm going to say... I want to say Watford. Yeah. 
I mean, I'll take Just... that, totally. Why? So you can say Man City? Precisely. <laughs> um... I'm back on the idea of getting points now. I'm not going for a nil-nil. Okay, I'll go for Watford then. You can have Man City. I'll have Man City at home to Southampton. Surely, surely it will be a clean sheet for those boys. It would be very FPL for Southampton to go on a route and get like two Danny Ings goals or something. No, don't, because I'm going to bench him. No one would chastise you for benching Danny Ings against Man City. (laughs) I would. I would chastise myself. (laughs) There are some things you cannot predict. It would be the first time since I bought him that I bench him. Oh, no, apart from that Liverpool game where he couldn't play. Yeah. Um, That would be so terrible. Mm, It'd be sad times, but... I'd literally cry. Well, I don't think it's going to happen, so you should be good for it. You should be good. Uh, Do you have anything else to say to our lovely listeners before we leave this weekend? No. (laughs) Cool. So what time... When are we going to be back? Um, I don't know. We've got quite a bit of... I've got my entire Sunday next week is freed itself up today oh right for multiple reasons so we could potentially record before the mighty monday night huddersfield fulham fixture (laughs) yeah it's true i mean it's risky it's risky to do that but we'll see riskier than today where we haven't where we've recorded before man city spurs Spurs and man city those low lives over there (laughs) who are they yeah what bunch of nerds uh yeah okay so i guess if you've gotten this far, thank you very much. You can always rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whichever you prefer to call it. Um, we'd very much appreciate a five-star rating. It helps get us out to more more listeners and, you know, that's always that's always a good thing, right? Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at The Denalysis and you can email us hello at the com. Dot com. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. I don't know why that confuses me every week now, but it does, apparently. Um, yep. We hope you have a very good game week. I uh, hope it all goes off tomorrow for all you Aguero owners so you can rub my nose in the dirt with my paltry Aubameyang offering. Um, until next week, peace out, guys, and good luck. Bye.